Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, Jonathan Kahn reveals the date of Jesus' birth. The reason why he would not have been born on December 25th is because if you go to Israel today, just as it was then, it is the coldest season, it is the winter, it is rainy or snowing at times, daunting. Forget about a pregnant woman traveling. I mean, even traveling under the best circumstances. This podcast is supported by Paranormal Contractors, a division of crime and trauma scene cleaners. If you have unwanted paranormal activity in your home or business, it's time to bring in the professionals. Call 1-866-724-0800. 1-866-724-0800. Check out their YouTube channel, Paranormal Contractors, for things that go bump in the night. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard Serrett. Welcome to an abbreviated version of Conspiracy Unlimited on this Boxing Day. Hope you all had a great Christmas. No doubt some of you have more visiting with family and friends ahead of you, more turkey dinners, and maybe, if you're lucky, a few remaining presents to unwrap. I want to get right to this short interview with Rabbi Jonathan Kahn, during which he'll reveal the most likely date of Jesus Christ's birth. First, I want to mention that this episode is dedicated to Caleb McAllister down in Denver people are always saying Christmas is for children, Christmas is for children, and I always say it's not really. It's about a child, one very special child, uh, born in Bethlehem under a wonderful star over 2,000 years ago. But most of us probably understand that Jesus probably wasn't born on December 25th. So if he wasn't born on the 25th of December, when was it, and does it matter? Jonathan Kahn is the author of the New York Times bestseller, The Harbinger, 
and he's just come out with his new book, The Mystery of the Shemitah, the 3,000-year-old mystery that holds the secrets of America's future, the world's future, and your future. It's immediately become a national and New York Times bestseller, and it's uh, causing quite a stir around the world. Jonathan leads the Jerusalem Center Beth Israel in Wayne, New Jersey, and he's president of Hope of the World, an outreach to people throughout the world. He's also known for uncovering the deep mysteries of the Bible and has 2,000 teachings and messages uncovering the mysteries available at Hope of the World. Jonathan Kahn, how are you? Great, Richard. <laughs> Great to talk to you. Uh, always a pleasure to have you. So, Jesus was not born on December 25th. I think most of us sort of understand that. But if not December 25th, then when? Yeah, well, the first thing is, you know, the, the first clue we have with this is the, is the time, is this season. I mean, we, well, the reason why he would not have been born on December 25th is because, you know, if you go to Israel today, uh, just as it was then, it is cold, it is, it is the coldest season, it is the winter, it is, it is rainy or snowing at times. Right. It's daunting. Uh, forget about a pregnant woman traveling. I mean, even traveling under the best circumstances, you know. Um, and then the idea of the shepherds being out, I mean, they're, the one season they're definitely not going to be out. I mean, if any, is going to be winter out in their fields. So, and on top of that, the idea of the census, you know, the Romans uh, had planned the census to get money, you know, so the, the worst possible season to do this, they would just never do it in the winter. In fact, Jesus at one point when he's speaking about the end times, he says, he says, pray your flight not be in the winter, because it just, you just, just could not travel then. So right, right. Really the winter is ruled out, you know. But then, what do we have left? You know, you have, uh, the autumn is also ruled out because because nine months before the nativity, Mary conceives and she makes a journey down across Israel to see her cousin Elizabeth, who right. is pregnant with which, who, the man who will be John the Baptist. That's right. So that, but that puts that in the winter. That puts another, you get another problem because, you know, again, then we have a, a journey which would be under the best circumstances, very hard for a young woman, but across Israel, but forget it on wintertime. So, that's, that leaves us with the summer and the spring. And so we got, we have the summer, um, and the summer, you know, you could travel, but, uh, on the other hand, it is the working season, um, the, uh, well, as far as the, it's the season of the harvest, it's the season of when, when everybody's in the field, not the time you, the Romans would have a census because they're just not going to leave the field, number one. And the other mystery in, in, with Jesus, uh, or Yeshua, is that all the greatest uh, events of the New Testament or the or the seminal events, they all happen on Hebrew holy days. You know, he uh, he comes into Palm, Palm Sunday. He comes into Israel. Well, that, well Jerusalem, that is uh, Nisan ten. That's the first Hebrew holy day that God gave the Jewish people. Then he dies on Passover, Nisan fourteen fifteen. That's the other Jewish holiday. Then he rises on the on uh, Nisan sixteen, which is the Hebrew feast of first fruits, as the first fruit. And then you have Pentecost. Even Pentecost is a Hebrew holy day called Shavuot. Right. So every single thing, really, all the biggest events happen on the Hebrew holidays. So we would expect, you know, if his death does, that there would be something significant about the birth linked to some Hebrew day, some special day. Well, the problem with the summer is you don't have any on top of it. So that kind of leaves us to one more season to start with. And what you got is, you, the only thing left is the spring. Now, there's, you have, with spring, all the, all the, uh, clues really fall into place because 
one, it would, nine months before the spring would be summer, you could travel. A time when a pregnant woman could be outside giving birth with her husband, yes, the spring works. And a time when shepherds are with their flock. In fact, you know, the times that shepherds are out in the field at night in Israel would be one season of the year, which is the season when the lambs are born. And that the lambing season, well, the lambs are born in the spring. That's really the only time they would be out in the field watching for the birth of lambs. And, you know, kind of, you know, makes sense even, you know, theologically, because, you know, Jesus comes in as the Lamb of God. Right, right. He is born in Bethlehem, the place of the lambs, where actually the temple lamb sacrifices were raised, particularly in Bethlehem. He's greeted by shepherds who are watching, who are the ones who greet the births of lambs. So, you know, the, the, it really narrows it down to March, or, well, actually, February at the earliest, then March, April, May, maybe, but March and April are the, are the key parts of that. And that, that brings us, that narrows it down even more to a, to a particular month in Israel, which is called Nisan. Now, Nisan literally means the beginning. I mean, so it's a, it's the month of the beginning. So it's a great, you know, here the birth, you know, it's going to be the beginning, it's the beginning of the age. Well, so it's the perfect time, and note also, there's a, there's Hebrew traditions that that the great sages of Israel are born in Nisan and die in Nisan. And we know that Messiah, or Jesus, died in Nisan, and he dies as the Passover lamb. Well, one of the things that it's said about the Passover lamb is the Passover lamb is actually, you know, the actual lamb is a year old. It says one, a year old male without blemish. Well, that means that, that if the Passover lamb dies in Nisan and he's a, a one years old of the lamb itself, that means he has to be born in Nisan. I mean, it just makes right, no, right. Just, in order to be a year old, right? Yeah, yeah. And the other thing is, is there any, you know, is there any date on the Hebrew calendar that would be special because everything, you know, would be, have some significance that would be linked to this? And that it kind of has to fall in the right place. Because the, the other thing is, there are prophetic mysteries that not only does Jesus, you know, fulfill all these things on the Hebrew holidays, but he does so in the order that they appear. In other words, you know, uh, Nisan 10 is first. So that, that's the day actually they brought the lamb to the, to Jerusalem or to their houses on Passover. Well, that's Palm Sunday. Then he goes to the death and then resurrection. Everything goes in order. So, if his birth goes in order, it would have to be before, you know, Passover. It would have to be sometime in Nisan before that. Well, is there any date that's significant? Well, there is one date. And that one date is the date, it's Nisan 1. It's really the New Year's Day. And the, the interesting thing about Messiah's birth is that it has this, this quality or this, this effect that it changes history, it changes the calendar. I mean, this is where we get, you know, we get our calendar gets divided by his birth, you know. And it, it's interesting that, you know, there's this one day on the sacred calendar of God that also does that same thing, divides the calendar, and that's Nisan 1. It starts the new year. Right. And, that, and it's interesting that, you know, one, one of the things that happened with the early church is, that, unfortunately, is they divorced the roots, you know, the Jewish roots, and it, and it kind of Romanized it. So they took the, you know, the Jewish context and put it in a Roman context. Well, interesting because today, you know, we tell it's they, they they chose December twenty fifth, which is linked to New Year's, which again in the in the Roman calendar it has the same quality as in the in the Hebrew calendar. It would be Nisan one. That's the New Year day. But then there's even more. I mean, this is your, you know the the show's called the conspiracy show. Well, you know, there's possibly conspiracy here too because. There, there's a, in the ancient church records, the church fathers, there's a, one church father called Hippolytus. 
And he's often cited as the one who came up with December 25th. Saturnalia. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, right, exactly. I mean, yeah, exactly, Richard. I mean, that, of course, it was a, a pagan thing and they appropriated it, but then they came up with, you know, justification for it. Yeah, the, church, so, the early church did that a lot. I mean, it made sense to, in a certain extent, if you, you yeah. want to co-op that, bring these new people into the fold, you take over their pagan holiday and exactly, voila. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, but it's not good history, you know, but it's exactly so. And so the thing is that they say that he's the one who had the earliest uh, sighting of December 25th, but actually, what they they found in, in the 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 work that he has, it seems like his work has been doctored up. And from there's a, a work from the third century or two hundreds, and called De Pashka Computis, which is it, which is universally seen as based on the lost work of Hippolytus. And it says in it, Hippolytus says that Messiah is born in the springtime, linked to the Hebrew month of. Nissan, which is the same thing, again, Nissan 1. Right. And then in the Lateran Museum in Rome, you know, there's an ancient statue of Hippolytus, which was, they say they think it was probably, probably done soon after his death. And on it, it says in Latin, it says, Genesis Jesus Christus, or the birth of Jesus, the mm-hmm. Messiah. Right. And carved into the statue is the time which correlates with the spring, the Hebrew month of Nisan. So we don't know if this has been suppressed or what, but it's even there in the early church uh, church uh, documents. But here's, now here's another thing, I mean, and this is really cool, and, and there's a lot. I mean, there are things, we won't have time, but things from the Dead Sea Scrolls and so much of But here's something right here. That, you know, one of the things in, in the Gospel of John, it says, in, it says, the Word was with God in the beginning, the Word was God. Then it says, the Word became flesh mm-hmm. and dwelt among us. Well, that's the incarnation. So, right. Now, the, the, or some translations say the Word became flesh and tabernacled among us. Well, the Greek word there for dwelt or tabernacle is the word, is the word skenoro. Now, now that's the same word that's used in the New Testament to speak of the tabernacle. And now, now, in other words, the incarnation of the, of Jesus in the New Testament is linked to the tabernacle. And as the word became flesh and set up a tabernacle, or set up a tent. In other words, when he took a body, he's like putting up a, he's setting up a tent. It's temporary, he comes into the tent. Right, well, right. The, the amazing thing is, in the Old Testament, there is the, the beginning of this, where it is actually the, the origin of this, where it is a picture, it's the only picture in the Bible that has this, where, where it says God actually set up a tent 
in the wilderness that was called the tabernacle. And that tabernacle, when you put it into Greek, becomes that same word that's linked to when it says the word became flesh or talking about the incarnation. So what do we know about the tabernacle? Could it have a clue when God set up a tabernacle among his people in the wilderness, it was called the tent of meeting, where the glory of God actually dwelt with Israel in this tent? Could it have a clue? Well, the amazing thing is it does. I mean, an amazing so. First of all, the, the tabernacle was, was built, it took nine months to build it, which is the same, the same period of time of a human pregnancy, number one. That, you have that right there. And it begins right at Mount Sinai when, you know, when, when Israel, in a sense, enters a covenant with God, which right. is a marriage. So now you have, you have this, this nine months coming, coming together of this tabernacle. And remember, this is the, this is the key in John of the Incarnation. Well, when was it finished? Well, the Bible gives the exact date of when it was finished, which would correspond to the birth, when this thing is the conception, from conception at Sinai to the finishing of the tabernacle of God, well, it gives the, the date. Now, what is the date? The answer is, you know, is in Exodus 40 and verse 1 and 2. It says, you shall raise up the tabernacle of the congregation. You will put in there the ark, that's, in it, that's where the presence of God was. Right. And here it says in Hebrew, the Yom HaKodesh HaRishon Be'echad LaKodesh. Translation, you will do this in the first month of the year, on the first day of that month. What is the, what is the first month? It's Nisan. What is the first day? Nisan 1. Wow. So it's really, it's even in there. The wow. tabernacle, the picture that the Bible gives of God tabernacling on earth is the, gives the exact date as Nisan 1. And, you know, it's amazing because not only that, and we can't go into all the detail now, but, but even the priestly calendar and the Dead Sea Scrolls point to the same date of Nisan 1. There's even, even astronomy, the appearance, you know, we talk about what would have happened in the East that the Magi, who were astronom astrologers or astronomers back then, that's what it was. They were Persian, right? They were yeah, Zoroastrians. Persian, the Persian Zoroastrian caste of right. the priests who studied the stars all the time. You know, back then you didn't really have astronomers, they were all astrologers because they looked for signs in the stars. But, right. but they, you know, they're looking at it. Well, what would have caused them, and there's a whole thing we can go to, you know, for God willing another time, but, but there was an, the occurrence where all these things line up in the East that they would have linked to Israel, and, it, and it's linked to, you know, what they have certain parts of certain planets they believe were linked to Israel, certain, certain things meant a king or a star, and so put it all together, it, the event happens on Nisan 1, you know, you know, on 6 BC, Nisan 1. And by the way, you know, you know, we think, what we say, well, that's kind of strange. We're talking about 6 BC. Well, the thing is, we know the calendar is wrong on that. Jesus you know, was yes. not born in the year one. Because Herod the Great was dead by uh, the year one. Yeah, yeah, he was dead, exactly. He was dead in 4 BC. And it says that, we know that from Josephus, and it says in the same, in that same thing, it says that Herod ordered the, the death of all the children in Bethlehem who were according to the, the appearance of the star, what the Magi told him, and so he, he ordered the death of all of them two years old and up. So he got 4 BC and two years old and up. Well, what does that mean? Well, it goes back to 6 BC. Well, when you put all these things together, not only the priestly calendar, um, also the, again, this, this astron astronomical calendar, all these things point to Nissan, not, not only the year, not only the year, but Nissan won the exact 
date. I mean, you know, there, and and really, there is so much remarkable. to this and pointing to it. I'll, I'll just I'll just give a, a one little other mystery here with that, and that is, there, it, I call it uh, the mystery of the goel. And in the Bible, this mystery is this: there's a law that God gave to Israel that if a uh, a, a mother, you know, uh, you know, or actually a wife cannot bear children and her husband dies. Then the, the the nearest relative could be a brother can redeem in a sense the line of the brother by marrying the widow and raising up children. And so that the person is called the goel, which means the redeemer, but specifically a redeemer who intervenes in the line. Now the interesting thing is in the Bible there's this mystery about the goel, and that is that you keep seeing this intervening or intervention into one particular line or, li- or lineage in Israel, and that's the line of Judah. In the time of Judah, the very first, the one who started the line, you have this, this, this Goel redemption takes place, there's an intervention. Later on, in the book of Ruth, Ruth, Boaz, this famous story of Boaz and Ruth, he marries Ruth, she's the widow, and becomes the Goel of Ruth, and he's also the line of Judah, and by the way, their baby is born in Bethlehem. It's like a growing mystery. Well, the final mystery of the Goel is that God himself is going to become the Goel. And he's going to intervene in the line of man. And it's going to be in the line of Judah, same line. It's going to be in Israel. He's going to come upon them and and come upon Mary. And so you have this this gigantic Goel redemption, like God marrying earth and marrying us and becoming one with us. And from this is born Jesus or Yeshua in Bethlehem. Well, the time that Ruth would have conceived, when you look at the book of Ruth, when this Goel redemption would have taken place, would lead the birth of her son to the time of Nisan. In other words, the time of this Goel redemption is, is about, is nine months before Nisan, which is when it would have happened to Mary for it to be Nisan 1. So this is just another, another, you know, every single piece lines up to this exact time. And you can even trace it out by, you know, one thing we know is that we know that, the, that John the Baptist was born six months before Jesus, and we know that his father was in the temple as a priest um, under a certain, you know, receiving this revelation. Well, we know there's actually an ancient priestly calendar that we can tell when this would have happened. And there's only, there's only two times of the year he could have been in that temple, and one of those times leads the birth of Messiah being, again, Nisan 1. Wow, this is pretty well, this seems like it's nailed shut. I mean, there, how is this being received? How, when you deliver this message to uh, to pastors and parishioners and so forth, how did, uh, is there resistance to this? I mean, what's, I mean, what's the big deal? Why can't we just acknowledge that Jesus was born April, uh, or Nisan 1, uh, 6 B.C.? Well, it's, it's you know, I mean, <laughs> I think mo- the, the, the reaction, Richard, mostly, is wow, you know, like wow, and like I knew most people, as you said at the beginning, no, it cannot be December 25th, and so you know, there's very, there's only certain times it could be, and even mo- even really most historians will say, you know, just just based 
on the the one thing about the lamb, the lambing season and the shepherds, right away it's got to be around that time. But most people are pretty, you know, like, whoa, you know, hey, yeah, you know. And, and really, listen, let me look at it. Look at the time. It's the time of the beginning. It's springtime. What a perfect, it's just the time of new beginnings. It's the beginning of the beginning. It's even in Hebrew, God called the month the beginning. I mean, so, I mean it's kind of like, in some ways, it's pretty obvious, you know. But most people, I think, unless you're so committed to December 25th, or you're so committed, you know, to giving gifts, and, you know, and that uh, it's really, you know, hey, what a cool thing. You know what I mean? Because it, it, it it works. It fits, and God is perfect. I mean, He, he doesn't do anything sloppy. You know. No, I mean the symmetry. The symmetry in the biblical narrative is astounding, despite the fact that we're talking about what sixty-six books written over you know three thousand years or whatever it is. I mean, it just it just fits together like a glove. Oh, a yeah. hand and, in a glove. What, listen, I was originally an atheist, and so you know what what changed me is exactly what you're saying. Is there was just nothing, nothing like the Bible. No book with the consistency, with the authority, and with that was coming true, that is coming true. I mean, that's what got me in the whole thing. God is so perfect, and, you know, every every moment of his life or every big event happens according to the Hebrew prophetic calendar. In fact, we haven't gone into it, but the other part of that mystery that is that God has set up the whole age according to the Hebrew calendar, and so the beginning of the Hebrew calendar is the, is the springtime, and that's when the first coming, every, all these things take place. But... The, the other part of the Hebrew calendar is the autumn when you have the Feast of Trumpets and you have all these, all these feasts that all speak about the end times. And that's why, you know, there are many believers and I believe they're absolutely right and that, that, that the second coming is geared to the autumn feast, trumpets, the day of the Lord and tabernacles. So there's a whole, a whole mystery that would begin the first day of that Hebrew calendar is the Psalm 1. Jonathan, uh, always a pleasure and uh, a very blessed Merry Christmas to you. You too, Richard. God bless you. Jonathan Kahn. All right, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'm going to fill you in on what's coming up next on Conspiracy Unlimited. If you're a fan of this podcast or my weekly syndicated radio program, The Conspiracy Show, why not consider becoming a supporter? Go to patreon.com forward slash strange planet. That's right. We've changed the name of our Patreon page. Patreon.com forward slash strange planet. And check out our three support tiers. The Truth Seeker tier the Whistleblower Tier, and the Star Chamber Tier. Donors can receive access to an exclusive monthly Google Hangout on air or a monthly live chat with me. You can also be eligible for a monthly draw and a chance to win Conspiracy Show and Conspiracy Unlimited merch. Patreon.com forward slash Strange Planet. Patreon.com forward slash Strange Planet. Your support is greatly appreciated. Next time on Conspiracy Unlimited, one of the world's great mentalists, Chaim Goldenberg, will be here to shock and amaze. So when he saw Yuri Geller on TV, and he took a spoon, and he looked at the spoon, and he started to bend it. So immediately I tried. I took a spoon, and for maybe 10 minutes I tried, tried many different ways. So I tried, and it didn't work for me. And I tried again the, the day after, and the day after, and it didn't work for me for two years. But I never quit. Every morning, it became my morning routine, 
I went to the kitchen, I took a spoon and I tried. Sometimes one minute, sometimes ten minutes. But two years after, I took a spoon and I remember like it's happened yesterday. I, my eyes was closed and I opened the drawer, I took a spoon, I looked at it, I just moved it a little bit and immediately I felt something weird. So I opened my eyes and I saw that the spoon is bending more and more and more and more. Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting. 